0: Are now double-jabbed (laughs) jame.
1: Yes. Fairly immune to the virus. (laughs) Double-jamed. Double-jamed. I don't think anybody (laughs) wants to be double-jamed. No, it was a good speedy 8.30 a.m. vaccine. Oh, gross. It was awful. and like I did not sleep last night. Barely at all. Even better. It's those times where you know you have to wake up earlier than usual so your body just doesn't go to sleep. 'Cause it's like I gotta wake up though. You
0: were just being alert for COVID.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm keeping my eye out just in case I got it before the vaccine. Um, but the biggest mistake of the week was that I actually thought it was on Friday. Oh no, did you get <laughs> so up? So a... I woke up early two days in ah, a row. Ah Gross. <laughs> oh yeah, woke up on Friday, rolled over, checked the checked the letter again and went, Oh, <laughs> oh
0: no. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Do you know what I learned this week? And <laughs> yeah. similar similar vibes, I have had the most stressful week of the year so far. Oh no! And I've now realized that the bizarre dreams I have are stress-induced. Yeah, yeah. I I could never pinpoint why it. It just happened now and again. I would have the weirdest dreams. Yeah, and sometimes would have um. It's not quite night terrors, but I think that someone was there. Usually Graham. And then obviously it's not; it's just like a pillow. Right, but you
1: are you are awake, right? Yeah, like hallucinating. Hallucinating, essentially hallucinating. Oh, yeah, no, those are those are night terrors. They're just not terrifying. Right, time. right. And I've realised this week because I had I've had
0: five nights in a row, yeah. of the weirdest dreams, and you know what? Not just like not particularly, um, I don't know, out the ordinary, just bizarre. Right, where things that like shouldn't be happening are happening, and that I've realised is down to. Stress. I always thought it was maybe something I ate, or maybe if I was drinking the night before, right, right, or right. if I you know, slept for nine hours,
1: maybe it was. But no, nah. this week, conclusive proof, this is what is giving me weird-ass dreams. It's just the brain. The brain's hyper. It's trying to get everything sorted out. It's impossible.
0: It, it was one of those weeks where everything that could go wrong, did go wrong. Oh, dear. I, I'm also the fact, I shouldn't complain too much, because we do have a lot of work coming in, which is great because summer was really quiet and september does tend to be busier but That's good, yeah. this is this was just a new level i think i worked 14 maybe 15 hours straight on wednesday bad which was absolutely disgusting we we went from a training course to we have to now go into uh, filming. We were filming a course for a, a team in Mexico. And by the time we finished, right? the sun had gone down, which meant the final shot and the first shot were completely different lighting. Oh, dear. And they were like, oh, no. And just filming in 4K and enormous video files and yeah. things out of
1: sync. And, oh, just disgusting. That, that sounds a wee bit like per planning, if you're starting filming a thing after other workday has already happened. I feel like when it comes to filming, you've got to be early in the day.
0: Yeah, so so this was the problem, though, is that we have courses. We had courses every single day of the week. Yeah. And so it was like, right, we're going to smash through these. But um, my colleague slash boss, Andrew, he's he's not a TV presenter. He never was. And so he perhaps is less, you know, the one take maestro we all would love him to be. Ah. Right. So it took just a little bit longer than, than planned. And also we had to get everything signed off. So you know, I'd set up a shot, I'd take the screenshot and be like, hey, hey, Mexican buddies, does this shot look okay? Oh no, not one of those. Yeah, yeah, because we had to reshoot the entire thing because they didn't like the first one. They said it wasn't shot well enough. Ugh. And then you're waiting for them to sign off and you're checking your WhatsApp and they don't even open the message yet. You're like, oh gosh. So yeah, one of these weeks and I am glad
1: to be here. I just chanted you. Yay! No, I will say I was I was I was fully prepared for wasting my morning away waiting outside of a building that hadn't opened yet because I was again for the second time on the eight thirty va- vaccine alarm. Oh, nice! Uh, first people in the door, and the first time I was there, they didn't open the doors till nine. What? I was just standing outside SECC, kind of not too cold, not too hot, because it was early morning in the summer. Just getting bored, surrounded by people, all somewhat far away from me because we were pretty good at lining up over here. Um, But this time, got there, stood outside for four minutes because I arrived four minutes early (laughs) Wow! in the door, vaccined, sat for the right amount of time, unlike everybody else who's just leaving after two minutes. Oh, of course. And then I walked out and I couldn't believe it. And you know what the difference was? It was in a mosque. (laughs) Right. And it's because, what, they're Uh, time efficient? I don't know. I don't actually know, but it's the only variable I've got. So scientifically, (laughs) vaccine processes happen faster in mosques based off my anecdotal evidence.
0: Ah, I see. The Joe Rogan uh, style of providing evidence. (laughs) Well, this thing happened to someone I know. Therefore, it beats your argument of science.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I did see... uh, Let's let's talk about that now. I see uh, Mr. Rogan did indeed get coronavirus. Yeah, (laughs) coronavirus. It's unbelievable that such a big profile... Name who early on in coronavirus times was like somewhat sensible. Yep. Talking about medicine and whatnot. And then it started being a bit of an anti-masker, got called out by Bill Burr and whatnot. And just went downhill from there on and is a wee bit anti-vax now. Not a whole lot, but at least giving a huge platform to misinformation every single week he does his podcast. The main thing Um, I saw,
0: sorry, the main thing I saw from his, uh, he got the virus. Yeah. And was being, he was treating himself with ivermectin. Amongst several other things which are more effective. Which is a horse dewormer that uh, QAnon people have been
1: raving about for quite some time. Uh, There are... Doses of ivermectin that are approved for human use and have been since the late '80s, when like the thing was discovered, and it has been a pretty pretty good wonder cure for a lot of different things. It's it's a drug that earned a Nobel Peace Prize, I think it was, um, for the people who kind of did the studies or whatever. Uh, but the the conspiracy is that it also works for COVID. I don't think it's been scientifically proven. But of course, people who are completely uh, unhappy to use a uh vaccine are of course just in like ingesting the the animal version of uh, this dewormer drug, right. Anti parasitic drug and whatnot. But you yeah, know, it's. Uh, it is a human safe drug if you are using the human version. (laughs) I'm sure Joe Rogan did. I I doubt he he had the horse version. He's got money. He can afford the human versions. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's a massive shame that he's then gone and said that, that he's taken it because what he's done is used all of his wealth to get every single decent drug that he can, much like the Trump treatment when Trump got coronavirus oh, of course
0: and yeah, then yeah
1: the only drug that will get any of the headlines is ivermectin so when joe rogan doesn't have any really bad experience with it it will be like wow it did save him <laughs> and it will work for you too buy horse drugs and <laughs> um, because you can't afford the human ones
0: there's a, a couple of points to, to make the first one i would say is do we need to, to start taking some really hardline anti-stuff stances for us to really like blow up in the the pod sphere mm. and the second question is and this one is 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 more of a serious question right i have seen in the last few weeks a number of high profile certainly on social media anyway anti-vax anti-covid pandemic people dying yeah from the virus yeah it's been happening how do you
1: feel about those stories slash those people when you see it has happened Ah, right. Well, so the one that I saw today was a 30-year-old dude who was a pro-freedom anti-masker from the States who's died from coronavirus because he got it, didn't want to go get tested because he didn't want to be a statistic, Yep. uh, took ivermectin instead of like going to hospital and then eventually was admitted to hospital, went unconscious since like early August, has died recently. Um, And it's like, really quite sad. Yeah. And the reason it's sad is because all of these people are generally being misled. Even he, who is like the chief amongst some group of anti-maskers, being misled into this, st- into this stance. It's, people are politicizing um, safety, <laughs> basically. There's, there's a group of people who realize that to make money and to get popularity they can, they can politicize this one thing and give people the feeling of agency at the risk of life. Uh, And it's a feeling of agency because it's not actual agency at all. However, it's really sad. But also, I find myself completely not caring because they made their choices. They made their decisions at the end of the day. Um, And one less person who's in charge of a group of people who are causing risk and harm is a good thing. Right. So overall, the balance for the world is probably up because this guy died. And most of the time, that's the case, is that someone has died. And what they were doing was being very harmful to society and to humanity. And by their own choices, they died. So I'm like, well, it's sad that they died. But overall, I, I don't really care because their death is probably serving humanity better than their life was at that point. Yeah, I, I, I would, of course, much rather that they just lived a life that wasn't harmful. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but I find myself just not caring. I don't want to be someone who celebrates... Um, These deaths, which I do see quite a lot as a celebration. It's it's almost like
0: smug satisfaction that I see from some
1: people. Yeah, and I get the temptation to do that. I can see the temptation to do that because you kind of want to rub it in the faces of everybody who is still making those viewpoints. But that's not going to convince them. Nothing is going to convince them. So you might as well just not be toxic. Because nothing you're going to do is going to change their minds anyway. Okay. Um. All you're all you're doing is patting yourself in the back that you're superior. So no, I see. I see the temptation to be revel, revelatory. I, I do feel we've jumped into the really heavy stuff. Bef- like, this is meant to be the fun bit. We haven't even done the intro. Oh man. Well, I'll tell you what. When I got home from getting my my vaccine, my cat ran to the door and I was really oh, happy to see me. That's cute. My heart leapt, and and I was like, oh no, she's not eating breakfast yet. <laughs> I see. Right. That's that's what it was. <laughs> but she does do the same thing, even if it's not breakfast time. Okay, so, you know.
0: In lighthearted news, uh, myself and Graham are going up to uh, King Craig for our Ooh. second official anniversary next week, which should be a lot of fun. And the, the funny thing is that we've we've gone to the same Airbnb. This will be the third time because we love it; it's great, right? Uh, yeah, but. For the uh, our actual date of said anniversary, which is the seventh of September, mm-hmm. the it was booked when I went to book this in like oh. April time. It was already booked up, and so instead, wow! Instead, we are taking a tent and are going to camp at Loch Morlich, which is the the highest
1: loch in the UK. Oh. I think it's like fifteen hundred feet above sea level. Okay. Well, um, if I can give you some expert advice, bring warmth. Trying to get two gays
0: to organise how to put a tent together and what, all the things to take has been a struggle, I tell you. I'm like, last time I took a tent, I didn't even realise you need an airbed. And I set up the tent. You want I one. tried to sleep, and I just—I was just on a very hard ground. Didn't sleep a wink. Went to my car and slept in the car.
1: No, yeah. So or a mat of some kind, some sort of sleeping thing. Yeah. We
0: we've borrowed an airbed from a sister, so it's fine. We we've, we've ticked that box. What's your plan for keeping warm? So we're gonna bring. Uh, we've got sleeping bags each. I'm bringing a duvet, uh, pillows as well. Got a couple blankets in the car. Uh, okay, okay. Big big old hoodies socks right
1: joggies, all sorts and yeah no like no like heating though no like a little f- campfire oh, yeah. or gas fire or electric thing or anything like that
0: <laughs> well like, again i am lacking confidence in my own fire making skills i know i could probably buy one of those hey d- get this barbecue in tesco and and it will it will be hot i don't know how i would start that other than with a lighter yeah
1: i'm just going to take i'm just going to take confidence in the fact that you'll be With a car, and if you get too cold at night, you can go into the car. The thing is... Because altitude uh, and Scotland and nighttime, it gets cold. Right, but people
0: like Luke Robertson, who I interviewed last year for a a big project, wonderful guy, Mm -hmm. got frostbite, first Scott to walk solo to the South Pole, unbelievable achievement. If he can do that, it's like 860 miles in a, a, just a tent in the South Pole, yeah. Then two of us can survive one night in September in Kincaid. You, you
1: can, you can. But I don't want you. I don't want you just to, to
0: get cold. Oh, that's very thoughtful. I will. Uh, I will heed said advice and I will learn how to make a fire whilst we're there.
1: Sure, sure. Don't make the fire in the tent. Um, you go you want a tent <laughs> safe heating something.
0: Okay, right. Well, if you've got any suggestions on how to make fire safely, then you can do. Welcome to Seesaw Parade, the show where we talk about fire and stuff. I'm Colin and he's James. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Double James as off 8.30 this morning. Can't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is Scotland's longest running season one of any... News slash entertainment slash politics slash fire making survival skills podcast in existence. It's also your right. new favorite podcast, Scotland's least all podcast, and yeah, absolutely less popular than fascism. Yay!
1: Yes, also less popular than Horse Dewormer.
0: Absolutely, which is a really sad fact. The more people. Are uh, Googled horse dewormers like Ivermectin before yeah.
1: they do Cisaw Parade. I know they really should. They could they could be here and they could hear me talk about like how horse dewormer is actually a legitimate drug that has human uses as well, but it probably not for coronavirus. <laughs> at least not proven yet. Okay, right. Well, anyway,
0: let's uh, crack on with the show. Of course, you can get in touch at cease operate on Twitter if you have anything to add to said conversation, as Amel did uh, last week, saying she enjoyed the episode uh, 261, but she's noted that this is apparently the second time that I have told everyone about the Lemon Chicken Gate. Yeah. And uh, she feels like I really do need to order some actual Lemon Chicken to start the healing process, it's delish. I think so, I, th- I agree. I- I'll be honest, I am more just disappointed in myself that it's the second time I've mentioned it and didn't realise it was the second time I mentioned it.
1: But my memory is shocking. I thought it might be. I'm pretty sure ML tweeted about it the first time as well. <laughs> okay. Or <laughs> right. maybe is did. Oh, man. Well, you can also write
0: to us, Ceaseoperate at gmail.com. Get your reviews in. We'll get to that later in the show. But first, James, let's talk about vaccine passports. Oh, yeah. James, do you have your vaccine passport? No. Oh, uh, well, now you can get you can get them. You can do it. How do you get How do you get them? I think you just have to Google. I heard. So I heard uh, Fiona Stalker on on BBC Radio Scotland doing it live yesterday on a a BBC radio programme. It was incredibly dull radio, but this is live. (laughs) So this is... uh, Sorry, Fiona. This is the news that vaccine passports are to be required in Scotland for entry to large events and also... Nightclubs. So the plans will apply to indoor and outdoor events. It will still need to be signed off by MSPs next week, but right. it's expected that that will go through. Uh, Ms Sturgeon said the move is needed to help stem the recent surge in the number of cases. Yes, because this which is pretty beefy has continued to go up since our last episodes. On Friday, we had uh, 6,000 people testing positive. The number of people in hospital has doubled over the past 10 days. Uh, Some areas of Scotland have now the highest rates of the virus in the whole of Europe. Again, And as of yesterday, one in 75 Scots had the virus, which is much
1: higher than I thought it was. Yeah. I mean, especially since... We have had a pretty successful vaccine program. It's like... Right, right. To to the human mind, it's like, well, 80% of us have at least had one vaccine. So that means that we must have like very few uh, people that are able to get the virus. And it's like, no. (laughs) Every single young person is going to get it all at once. Yay. (laughs) And and it just sucks. Um, But I am. I'm genuinely surprised at the the numbers at this point in Scotland because... I don't, I don't see what we're doing that has, that has led to this spike compared to other similar areas in the UK or, or abroad. Right, because... What, what, what yeah. on earth is different?
0: So I have one theory, which I believe is the most plausible. Right. The schools in Scotland have gone back and have been back for a month. Schools south of the border are oh, still. They go on, on holiday later. Holiday.
1: Oh, man, big brain Colin remembered that one little fact that everybody actually knows. <laughs>
0: yeah, so that is why I believe cases
1: in England and Wales have essentially leveled oh, it off.
0: Yes, of course it is. There we go.
1: At least that's one element of it because my goodness, the case rate in like 15 to 19s is mad high. Right. Same in like 20 to 24s, which is like. They're not at school still, so maybe it's like unis or something. Uh, But no, yeah, the case rates in the young is massive in Scotland right now. So
0: there's a a few issues before we get on to the the vaccine passports, just because you are now, we're talking about the the virus case numbers. Okay. Scotland hit a high of 7,000 cases in a day last week, which was its highest ever. It was up 150% or or at least uh, an extra 50% on the previous (laughs) high. Numbers, they're hard. They are. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to do my maths here and it failing miserably. But as you say, the vast majority are coming in people who are school age or have had one dose of the vaccine so far. And some people who just have not had any doses at all. And that has been... There are a lot
1: of people who haven't had a vaccine, yes. Right.
0: And that has been the, the main source of concern, which is young people just haven't been or aren't getting vaccinated in the same... At the same
1: rate... As the other well, yeah. other adults, and that is why. Well, and it's, and the vaccine isn't even being advised for the young yet, right? Still... Right. So this was uh, yesterday.
0: Yes, we had uh, it was the JCVI who recommended that 12 to 15 year olds, unless they have a, a serious medical condition, yeah. do not get the vaccine. So that was one suggestion to essentially stop what they're seeing in Scotland, which is all the schools came back. It's a breeding ground for the for the virus.
1: Therefore, let's vaccinate the kids. And JCVI said, no. So probably if if none of the kids are going to get vaccinated south of the border, we will see this, a similar spike as soon as those schools are back. And unless they've learned their lessons from Scotland and have figured out how to make the classrooms and schools and stuff a safer environment, which we yeah. really should have done by now. I can't believe that we're... <sighs> A year into, it's been a year since Nicola Sturgeon was talking a, a words uh, along the lines of saying that the that the COVID is almost eradicated in Scotland, and we still haven't figured out how to make public spaces, um, more safe than this. Okay, um, it, it is madness to me. So
0: this is where the vaccine passports come in. So in a speech at Holyrood, uh, Ms Sturgeon and then backed up by Hamza Youssef talked about the fact that. Essentially, what they were doing right now is not working. Yeah. So, the test and trace, uh, people who are meant to be self isolating but perhaps aren't, people who have the virus but don't realise and aren't testing themselves. Yeah. Uh, you're meant to be, or rather, the recommenda- recommendation is that you test yourself two to three times a week. Wow. And obviously nobody is doing that, or rather very, very few people are doing that. I have not had a single
1: COVID test. That makes two of us. Yeah, but unlike you, I don't go anywhere more than once a month. But
0: this is is the problem, is is that they want everyone to test so they know where the virus is. But let's just go to the actual vaccine certificate... Certificate? Vaccine certificate, wow. New certificate (laughs) rules which means that people over the age of 18 will need to show they've had both doses of the vaccine to get into, for example, nightclubs and uh, yeah. unseated indoor live events with more than 500 people, unseated outdoor live events with more than 4,000 people. So, so so lots of Scottish football clubs have been up in arms and saying, oh, how is this going to work? Oh, yeah. uh, where's the infrastructure? Where's the technology? And you'll also need to show this QR code at any event of any nature with more than 10,000 people Man. in attendance. <laughs> Cease parade convention is going to be wrecked. Yeah, we'll have to cancel the hydro. <laughs> so these new rules, James, what do what do you think?
1: It's small beans. This is small beans. Yeah, I mean, look, I am I believe most people would be happy to do that if they're double-vaxxed. Like, a vaccine passport has been talked about a lot. We're going to need them, absolutely. I, I'm glad that the Scottish leaders are not trying to say, like, a really weird message of we're all free as individuals we've all got so much liberty here's your vaccine passports they're just going like no or it's what we're doing isn't working right we get the vaccine passports we try and like put an end to this uh infection rate because it is like as much as it was was primarily in the young like infection rates are high amongst vaccinated folks old folks yeah uh, all these things and uh, vaccines only reduce your long covid effects or the chance of getting long COVID by like half that's not a lot um so it's it's good that they're recognizing that we're making some mistakes and we need to make some steps to correct it but my goodness i'm hearing these numbers and they seem pretty high It's like 200 people indoors like you could go to a lot of places that are more crowded than uh than is comfy and will not have nearly 200 people um so i don't know Uh, maybe businesses can be using it um at at their own will i'm not sure about the the little the small text of these rules and stuff but it doesn't seem like it's going to be too effective as a measure um and I, i i am hoping that it is very limited in use in terms of how long it lives as a policy
0: well uh, something which i'm considering is what our winter is going to look like yeah because i uh, th- this was the the harbinger for me was i played call of duty warzone last night for the first time in maybe 3 months right and it just gave me all the all the flashbacks to spending january and february ah. evenings playing warzone i'm thinking is this just going to be the same thing again I think it's really difficult to tell. I think it's probably too early to to tell at this point where we're what our winter is going to look like. Yeah. But this, even the vaccine passport, I'm still unconvinced that that is going to be the thing that that puts uh, or brings
1: starts to bring this to a close. No, because now we're looking at that flu jabs as well. Yeah, I I am very doubtful that COVID is going to be gone anytime soon. Yeah. But I also don't think we're going to be a repeat of lockdown Christmas. Um, even though the numbers are higher than ever, um, and hospitalization rates are pretty high, it's about half of what it was at the previous peak. Um, before all the vaccine rollout was super effective, um, death rates are pretty scary. It's still numbers that I should feel a lot more care about than I am able to, because human brains can only uh-huh. have so much empathy. Um, I, I just don't. I just don't see another lockdown happening. Purely, we've talked about it before. The, it's mostly young people that are getting it. Uh, everybody feels more safe and secure now that vaccines are out, there's been too many protests, I mean, there's too much of a uh, there'll be too much of a uh, political effort, or it'll be too much political weight to try and pull off another uh, lockdown, so I, I doubt you'll have a repeat of last winter um, there will be far more opportunity to do the occasional extracurricular activity outside of your war zone okay. uh, homework um, and hopefully you'll, hopefully you'll enjoy it, but I'll probably be doing a relative repeat because I don't fancy my chances of uh, being one of the unlucky few who get double vaccinated and then still get COVID and then still get long COVID. Yeah, uh, I'll be keeping quite safe.
0: I okay, mean, t- two two points. The first one being that I mean my call of duty skills are horrendous. I die all the time. Right. And the second one is we didn't even mention at the start of the podcast that we actually saw each other last week.
1: That was great. That was lovely. We should do that again. <laughs> Okay,
0: let's talk about Afghanistan instead. Let's move on. Talk about uh, Joe Biden. Another Joe. He says, sorry, that was as much levity as you're getting. Uh, Joe Biden's defended the decision to withdraw the final US troops from Afghanistan in a move which has led now to the Taliban returning to power uh, after 20 years. So, Mr. Biden, in an address, said that staying longer was not an option, and uh, he praised the troops for organising this airlift of more than 120,000 people who wish to flee the country. James, what's your your thoughts on on that big picture stuff
1: first? Well, um, I'm still kind of... um team biden on the once you're doing a thing you just stick to it route and um, he's still taking the flack he is still not really answering questions on it but you know just accepting that this is going to be a thing that is labeled as biden's move right even though trump made the like a lot of the agreements even though it's not exactly but quite a lot of it is biden's fault that we're there and stayed there in the first place you know he's been of some level of power for a long time so he is culpable is in is in part his fault but he's he knows that he's gonna have the label of the guy that abandoned afghanistan even though it's 20 years worth of work yes and he's accepted that clearly and power to him for doing it uh, i do still think that there we could have done a lot more as a whole bunch of nations to coordinate this better since there are still <laughs> yep. lots of people who want to leave and they're not getting to leave which is bad, yeah, so and <laughs> really bad. Look, so we had the
0: the foreign secretary from the UK, Dominic Raab, saying that there was an unknown number of people with legitimate reasons to come to Britain still stuck in Afghanistan. Yeah. Because of course now the MOD have pulled out, British Army have gone, yeah, and there's just they're just like, yep, there, we know there's lots of people in Afghanistan who could legitimately come to the UK, but we don't
1: know where they are or how many they are. Yeah, no, this is the madness to me because we look back, we see that this has been coming for like a while we've people in power have known this exit date for so long yeah how have they not at least like behind the scenes figured out all the names and had a full list of everybody who might leave get everybody who's worked for us or with us or all of our own nationals um we should at least have a list of the unconfirmed people uh like there we don't know if they're leaving or not but we know the full list but we don't even know that it's mad to me that we that we haven't put the effort in.
0: Is it fair to say, James, that regardless of whether you're the the army slash military or if you're Google, the bigger your organization gets, the poorer your <laughs> preparation and planning and execution skills are. Is that fair? Uh because, for ex- I'll give you an example. Right. You know, the two of us, the two of us can, an can work really well. It's an anecdote. Of course it is. <laughs> the two of us work really well because there's only two of us. And in yeah. you know, Pink Elephant, there's only four of us, so we can make decisions yeah. really yeah. easily. Yeah. Whereas yes. if there was 400 of us, that's a different question.
1: Yes. I think it was the phrasing of the question that I'm arguing against. It's not this, that the skills get worse. <laughs> right. It's that the skills are having to deal with so much more. The more parts you add to okay. the machine, the more complex it is. So one person's abilities are more diluted even if technically they've still got the same responsibility right and uh, the more people there are the more people you need to have on to manage them and then the more people you need to manage the managers and so on and so on so it just makes sense that a huge machine yeah, yeah. is far more complicated and uh it for me it becomes less down to like little bits of execution and, like, a struggle to get people out because stuff like that's hard to coordinate. It's the fact that we don't know numbers or we don't know names or we don't have a complete list of people who, are, who need help and all those things that are, I'm assuming, not easy, but there should be records of. We should know the name of every single person who worked with us in Afghanistan because yep. there are records of all of those things. And if there are not records of all those things... Why? right? The government keeps records on all of us pretty thoroughly in a lot of different ways. The NHS does as well. Yeah, if they want to pull up some info, they've got it. Why can't we do the same thing for people who have put themselves on our side of a, of a fight that we opted them into? <laughs> we decided to go there. They didn't invite us. So we should be fully helping I believe
0: most of the criticism at Biden, because people accept, OK, this was in, this had been in motion for some time. Yeah. The criticism is that it was so abrupt and it was also the timing. I mean, it is a apparently, as I learned on the uh, from the BBC last week, apparently a thing happens in Afghanistan every year where over the winter, the Taliban go back. To their rural villages, they go back to their home towns, right. and they basically winter up, they hole up for the winter, and then they come back out um, for a fighting season, which is the springtime. Guns blazing, and yeah. yeah, and this is this is the thing they do. And so the the question was being raised everyone knew this the military knew this why did they pull out in the middle of august could they not have just waited until december time when they knew the taliban were actually just yeah. back in the rural homelands
1: and then do that yeah but it, even it's... even little things like that which would seem like common sense weren't done as far as i'm aware the date was a part of agreements that were in place pre-biden but i may have just read the wrong info on that one and i don't have a source at hand nice i thought the the august date is something that we'd as a collective world known for quite a while
0: but but surely um, if they
1: knew that this was
0: the way that the taliban operate then they would be like right let's not
1: pick yeah, august. i'm not saying that i'm not saying that hey the date makes sense because we knew it for a while i'm saying that i don't know who made that decision and uh, biden just stuck to it as far as i'm aware um, I'm, and, I, and this idea that it snuck up on us all, I'm not buying. It snuck up on the civilians like you and I, because we're not a part of the complex. But it, the, well, if these agreements are in place, everything everything is known. Maybe Biden should have like given a personal phone call to all the other leaders to remind them or something like that. But I thought this was a bit more open info than that. I thought this date was known and like agreed on for quite a while. Um, but maybe maybe is less formal than I thought, than I was led to believe.
0: Uh, just a few more quotes here from Biden. The first one's saying in this uh, this address, he says. The Americans were warned 19 times to exit Afghanistan before they withdrew at the end of August. He accused Afghan leaders, uh, the allies on whom the US had depended, of corruption and malfeasance. And he also blamed the Trump administration for negotiating what he said was an inadequate withdrawal agreement with the Taliban, saying or adding that the US had no vital interest in Afghanistan. And that it was it was basically time for, for them to go.
1: Yeah, this is one of the weird ones for me is that I caught up with, with that news that Trump and people, oh, Trump, not Trump himself, but people under Trump had actually met with the Taliban themselves as well while making all of these agreements. And it's all of those parts of the story that aren't getting reported or at least not getting reported as widely as like this massive failure of Biden's. So it's like, well, how come he and his people are not allowed to have communications with uh, the Taliban in power, where Trump and Cole were allowed to have them with the Taliban not in power and, and stuff like that. And it's just this whole muddled air. And I'm not sure whose truth is the, is the truth. Uh, so I'm just here wishing that we could help the civ- the civilians more and help the contractors more and all these people who have put themselves at risk for for the sake of our politicians and our politics. From my perspective, it is... Largely
0: agreeing with the fact that it was time—I mean, it was long past due for everyone to get out of the country. Yeah, yeah, I agree, but it is 100% the way it was done. This was not the way you're to hand a country over
1: back to what square one that you. (laughs) The reason you went in there for the first in the first place, yeah. But but like, what on earth? Spend another two years training more military folks to then fail in two years' time? This was inevitable. Like. For, for yeah i i i do not understand um how late if this august 30th or whatever date was known i don't understand why everything kicked up so late or why there wasn't more prep uh person to person especially while the taliban weren't in control um there are a lot of things that don't make sense to me. I don't think it's going to be the end of anybody's political career. I don't think it's yep. going to loom over anybody as much as the illegal wars did over the likes of Blair and Bush and stuff like that. But it is. It's always going to be seen as a negative, this like lack of coordination, lack of care, um, and, and general uh, lack of a good execution for the people up top, even though the people on the ground were, of course, doing their very best minute to minute in great danger. And a threat of uh, death, even, even now.
0: Yeah, just one final story before we move on to something else. The Pentagon say that they are assessing and investigating reports oh, yeah. that a drone strike last week killed 10 members of one family, including six children. Uh, relatives spoke to Reuters and the BBC yeah. uh, to say that this uh, drone strike was uh, essentially so deadly that it wiped out an entire family. US military said it was targeting a vehicle carrying at least one person associated (laughs) with Islamic State. At least one is blowing my mind. Like... Could you get less optimistic than that? There's at least one person in this full vehicle, therefore we must blow the entire thing up.
1: Yeah, and of course, we're leaving the country and being like, hey, don't you guys dare create terrorists anymore? And then we just bomb them again anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, so the. all right, so? <laughs> yeah, the youngest who died was two, and uh, the oldest child was 12. So yeah. this is horrendous, yeah. Uh, Like, and then some people will be radicalized by a strike like this, and we'll have made more terrorists, right? And it's our fault again. But then as soon as it happens, it'll be like, hey, Afghanistan, how dare you produce those terrorists? All we did was bomb you a few times. Again.
0: Right, James, let's actually move on to other news stuff, and then we'll finish up with some lighter entertainment chat. Let's start with Piers Morgan, who this week was cleared by the media regulator Ofcom uh, over comments he made about Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex. Yeah, yeah I remember them. So this was back in, I want to say April time, it was March actually, where Ofcom received nearly 60,000 complaints for... Comments that the former Good Morning Britain host made about Meghan, yeah. the fact that he did not believe a, a word she said about being suicidal, for uh, for instance. Yes, Offcom in a in a ruling said that restricting Piers Morgan's views would be a chilling restriction on free expression but they did criticise his disregard for the subject of suicide. Morgan said he was delighted with the ruling, which he described as a resounding victory for free speech and a resounding (laughs) defeat for Princess Pinocchio. Oh, yes,
1: he just has to. So that is where we're at. That is him trying to get more Twitter, Twitter trending, I see well done I don't understand why some per- like one person can be so unpleasant to another human being like what has she ever done to you no well, he, he doesn't care he makes money he doesn't care about her he probably doesn't he probably doesn't think about her very much he just knows how to make money that's really annoying and if he does think about her a lot then I'm just even more sad and it is it's really annoying it's really upsetting and you know she deserves better She. she's um, of course of great wealth and of great privilege and all of these things she did work for it more than a lot of other people do um, but the kinds of stuff that have been reported on her and around her and the kinds of terms and language that's been used around her has uh, always been yeah. uh, underhanded at best. It's been uncharitable if you're being very kind to the people reporting on it. And Pierce is amongst the chief of those. And it is all horrible. And it shouldn't be aired, but it, it shouldn't be not allowed to be aired. I do agree with Ofcom on this. These kinds of views and these kinds of statements they should be aired, Why? but then they should also be thoroughly refuted on air. Okay, so so just... just Which people tried to right. do, and then he left.
0: So it's essentially what Ofcom said, which was that uh, this decision was finally balanced, but ITV had provided adequate protection to viewers from potentially harmful and highly offensive statements about mental health and suicide. So just to give you the, the context here, yeah. this was after the uh, Harry and Meghan interview with Oprah on the 8th and 9th of March... And uh, the morning afterwards, uh, Piers Morgan was reacting to some of the things that she said. So, for example, in the in the quote with uh, with Oprah, uh, the Duchess said her mental health had become so bad that, and this is the quote, she didn't want to be alive anymore. Yeah, uh, she didn't receive the help she asked for, and that an unnamed member of the royal family had asked how dark their son would be. So the following day. In response to this, Piers Morgan said he did not believe a word she said and that he wouldn't believe it if she read me a weather report. And finally, the fact that she's fired up this onslaught against our royal family,
1: I think is contemptible. Yeah. And then he uh, walked off the show. Yeah, well, people are very uppity about the royals. When you are subservient to people who (laughs) have placed themselves above you, um, like Piers is with the Royals. Uh-huh. You can get a little bit defensive about people who kind of make you question that view. Right, right. Right? When when you hear someone saying that maybe the people you have put yourselves below the feet of are actually not perfect human beings, it's like, whoa, hold on. Uh-huh. I would only worship perfect people. And then you go on the attack. So how dare you say that? Yeah. And that's like the extreme version of what Morgan's doing. He's just he's he's doing he's doing it. It's a defensive thing. Um, and it's vile in the in the manner that he is doing it. And he needs to he needs to be older. He needs to grow up. He needs to mentally age. He is fifty
0: six. My main problem with the comments is not so much the disagreement over the royal family because, frankly, I couldn't care less. About... Oh, oh yeah, that's not a problem. Right. Yeah. So so look, he can say what he wants. Freedom of speech. That's fine. My problem is with the comments he made about her mental health because yes, as many of you will know. About uh, all the things my brother Chris has been through, all the all the stuff I went through as a high schooler, mm-hmm. the fact that I did uh, attempt to overdose when I was a teenager as well, and hearing someone treat or react to uh, to Meghan Markle's uh, her own experience yeah. with such callous disregard, yeah. it, it boils my blood. It's
1: really, really annoying. I nearly swore. <laughs> No, you'd be allowed to, and and absolutely, and it does. Um, I and I'm not. Sh- I don't know the minutiae again. I don't know what. Happened on the build-up to the program. I don't know what content warnings were there. I don't know what the refutation was afterwards, or how they tried to balance the so, show. The, the,
0: I, so refuting it was coming from Suzanne, Susanna Reed yeah. and then Alex Beresford, who is, uh, who was the presenter who got into it with peers, which then led to him walking off
1: after like a minute of slight interrogation. Yes, <laughs> essentially, yes, yeah, and like that is balanced conversation technically. And I think those kinds of balanced conversations should be aired. And I think this is far better than some of the things you see on the BBC and, and ITV as well, where, for example, and this is one I'm making up, um, they may have on a vaccine scientist to declare that vaccines are safe and then an anti-vax uh, leader to declare that vaccines are unsafe. Right, And that's far more harmful in my opinion. That kind of a balanced conversation where you've got science and then just straight up lies being aired is awful. Whereas when you've got two people's opinions on a thing that are not scientific and are not objective, it's far more difficult to say that that, that it shouldn't be aired because it is just flawed human opinion and it should be allowed to be argued um, so long as it is surrounded by the right kind of warnings so that people are safe and so long as there is a strong side to both of the... The claims being made and I think that it also should lead to people kind of losing their jobs <laughs> which isn't uh, a way of like saying that their, their freedom of speech is removed it's like if someone says something so inflammatory on the air that people don't like them anymore and they're and it will negatively impact the profit of your program, of course you're gonna get rid of them. Yeah. I think I, I think it just makes sense. All of those things make sense. Like losing your job isn't always about what you said, it's about the impact of what you said.
0: Precisely and that's and people that's, don't seem
1: to get that. That's exactly where I leave it. Look, you can
0: say what you want, it does not mean you're free from consequences.
1: Yeah, so like, yeah, they aired it. Yeah, the program, they probably shouldn't get fined for airing it. He shouldn't get fined for airing it. But hey, he lost immediate piles and piles of popularity. Of course, they're going to want to protect their brand. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the city of Glasgow and the country
0: of Scotland because wow. we are in some climate change headlines this week. Glasgow had its hottest summer since records began. This is just
1: which actually surprised me.
0: It did not surprise me. It's been exceptionally warm certainly on the south side and I haven't I failed to remember the last time it rained. But uh, yeah, this was according to the Met Office, uh, Scotland as a whole had its fourth hottest summer ever. Okay. And uh, yeah, Glasgow this is since 1884. Wow. Uh, the, the hottest summer since was 137 years. And uh, yeah, the Met Office also said it was very unusual for the highest temperature in the UK in August to have come from Scotland, which was a high of 27 degrees last week near Stirling. Most of the UK Wait, recorded... Wait, we had the highest
1: temperature in August?
0: Yeah, we did. Most of the UK also recorded what? lower than average rainfall. Wow. And uh, yeah, this this again is... It's freaky. Another feather in the cap
1: for global warming which is is currently winning. Well, climate change, yeah. Cli- yeah, climate change. Yeah, it's just objectively the case that is happening. Now, I I am saying I was surprised because I remember last summer I was having to like sit on ice packs and stuff like that while streaming or sit on ice packs while doing my work to try and stay cool. I remember yeah. it being far more oppressive for me in my indoor work environment whereas this year it must have been a different kind of hot where it was easier to stay cool indoors. Uh, Because I genuinely thought it wasn't as hot this year as last year. So, surprised we broke the record even when I didn't think we did. Yay! It's looking awful for humanity. Did you see what Greta Thunberg had to say this week? That Scotland is not a world leader in, in green energy. Correct. So something along those lines. Let's let's have a discussion about this because I have I have some views.
0: Uh, so Greta Thunberg said she did not believe Scotland is indeed a world leader on climate change, despite saying it is. Right. Uh, sorry, despite the Scottish government saying they are. Yeah. And that there are no countries even doing close to what is needed. So the uh, the no teenager. Countries.
1: I think she specifically was talking about the northern hemisphere. She said. Right, she, right, right. She isolated us, which makes sense because because um, Costa Rica is actually doing more than we are. Per head, I believe. Uhhuh. and uh, she will only come to the COP26
0: conference if it's considered safe and democratic to ensure that uh, participants from poorer countries yeah. uh, are both fully vaccinated and able to travel. Now, <laughs> I agree. I agree with that part of uh, her her statement, and I also agree that. Yeah, Scotland clearly is not a world leader. We were, of course, we're doing some great stuff in, as you mentioned, Orkney a couple of weeks ago. The fact that yeah. actually Orkney has is creating too much green energy; they, they can't get it onto the mainland. That's the main issue. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, and more islands can follow, I'm sure. My main gripe with this is is the fact that that Greta Thunberg, right. for all that she has done, is not an expert. In climate yeah, but, change. No, but that's, she's, that's not what she's for. She's the poster child. Right, so so, so my main issue is, like, why are we... It, it's. I get it. It's Greta. She said something about Scotland. Let's put it in the news. Yeah. But also, she is a teenager without any qualifications, as far as I know. Yeah, she, she has done yeah. some great stuff to bring this topic into mainstream conversations, all those things, absolutely fantastic. But in terms of someone who says, this is what we are doing, this is what needs to happen, she's not the expert voice. So that's why
1: I was a little bit on the story. We don't listen to the experts. That's the problem. The experts would probably say the same thing. We just wouldn't listen to them. They don't get the headlines. (laughs) Even now, when people are actually talking about the inevitable crisis, the experts are still getting like barely into the news with their opinions. It takes the poster children... And it takes a celebrity saying saying these things to get it to work. And I love this statement because it is very true. Yeah. Um. And also got all the headlines and made people think like, "Hey, actually is being the worst of the bad bunch." No, sorry, is being the best of the bad bunch. <laughs> best of the Brady bunch. Uh, an achievement at all. <laughs> yeah. So and it, it kind of it did make me think because now I was taking a little bit of like. Pride in Scotland and their green efforts. When I thought about it a bit more, I'm like, well, actually, hold on. We've, we we still burn like mostly gas and oil for, for for electricity. Yep. Our plans for the future are to dig up more oil instead of like just leaving it and you, or you using it for uh, dig up and burn more oil. Sorry, rather than leaving it or using it for for good purposes. Um. So it makes it makes a whole lot of good sense to say that we're not world leaders because it's 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 as though. The entirety of the Olympic field, like for the 100 meter race just fell over at the start. Um, and then only one person got back up and kind of walked walked to the end a little bit fast. They wouldn't call them like an Olympic winner really. They would feel like the worst <laughs> medal in the world. and that's what we've got. We've got the world's least good gold medal in tackling climate change. It could be really good, though. We've got potential. Scotland has lots of potential. We should invest yeah. in it, Nicola. Please, I know you're listening. Please invest more now. But it's it's the fact that every so often you'll see a news story
0: that said, "Hey, on this specific day, it was windy enough that Scotland could power its itself with wind." And you're like, "Okay, great. Yeah, but let's did do it, we? let's do it more." <laughs> no, it's it's not the fact. That, yeah, it's not the fact that we did. Yeah. It's the fact that we could. <laughs> it's like, okay, you could have done it, yeah. but you
1: didn't. And 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 you also read it, and it's always like. But we only mean the households, not the industry. <laughs> like, oh, man. We only mean, like, people's houses. So, okay, well, how about we do the industry, too? And then also, how about we make so much that we export it for money? I no, I love that she wants poor countries to be represented because, like, in every single aspect of, like... Recent history, ever since the days of wealth and capitalism, focused everything into the northern hemisphere and into these specific countries, not even just the north, like the north and Europe um, specifically, Uh, everything that we choose to do is often at the expense of other places, their resources, their people, and all of those things, and we don't compensate them, we don't bring them into the plan. Um, We don't figure out how to do it with them rather than like trying to find ways to do it for them, but only if we make more money than we invest. So it makes really good sense to try and make sure that everybody is represented in these conversations because they should have been and should be in all of them. All of these countries are still left out of basically any economics discussion and it disgusts me.
0: OK, well, let's uh, talk about one more story in Scotland. This is the news that the Scottish government are to trial a four-day week without any loss of pay. So a report that came out on Wednesday included uh, a bunch of ideas for how this would be done, drawing on experience from New Zealand and Iceland, where trials yeah. are also yeah. underway. So in a, in a survey which surprised nobody, 80% of people said they prefer a four-day <laughs> week. Yeah. But Whoa. this is then, of course, it's great for us, but it's less great for the people who want to make money at our expense. Uh, so what's your thoughts yeah, on this? Because, people who want to exploit us might not be able to do it so well. Right, precisely. Because, again, yeah. I think a trial is a great idea. And I'm sure that the results of said trial will be, yep, this was a good thing. Everyone was happier. Everyone worked actually surprisingly harder than they would have done over the course of five days. Yeah, they stopped browsing Reddit half the
1: day because they actually felt like their job required their time.
0: Precisely, and uh, yeah, things were were largely good. So, I, you know, that's that's a good thing. But I have doubts over how this would then be rolled out because yeah. ultimately, different companies are going to say, "Nope, we need you five days a week."
1: Yeah, and and there's this there there. I liked this uh, one uh, angle of. The, the pieces written about this where it's talking about the companies that are most likely to volunteer to partake in a trial like this are the companies that are already doing good things for their employees yeah. and are already making their workplace really nice, whereas companies that maybe wouldn't do the best job are probably not going to volunteer to trial it. So the the method of the trial is going to be interesting. I think they better be having a mix of public and private, different industries and all these things so we know what kinds of workplaces can Take this to the act to, to be the legitimate maneuver first, and then we can slowly try and target the rest of the population. Like, if your work doesn't actually let you take a four day work week, you should be compensated if the four day work week becomes a standard. Uh, right now, there are lots of jobs that don't do a five day work week, and I'm pretty sure lots of them get compensated. And if you don't, maybe like look into the law because you should be. Um so th- th- it's the good thing about progress is that we can keep pushing for it. And if four day work week becomes a normal or becomes the, the goal, everybody else can get compensated as well and become better off. And money leads to a little bit more comfort. Yep. And comfort leads to a little bit more happiness and happiness leads to a little bit more Uh, individual productivity whether it be for company or for individual I uh, lied I actually have one
0: more Scottish story James this is the news that three men have so far been arrested and charged with singing racist songs in Glasgow this came after footage emerged on Monday from Sunday's Old Firm game which uh, was showing Rangers fans singing sectarian songs uh, in the lead up to that game at Ibrox which uh, Rangers won 1-0 police said the men who were aged between 19 and 24 were the first off numerous arrests expected. Uh, so this, yes. earlier in the week, first of all, the uh, the Assistant Chief Constable, Bernard Higgins, defended the actions of the officers who were essentially walking alongside the fans to the stadium... Uh, whilst they were singing these songs. Yeah. Um, because a lot of... They weren't intervening. Right. So so there was a lot of flag for, you know, the, the officer
1: should have done something. This was a crowd of yeah. a, a couple of hundred, maybe? There's only so much you can do there. But I, I, Precisely. I do think maybe at least like, you know, hey, all, don't do this. You'll get arrested. Might might work, you it, know? It's also in the back of... And these, these are two linked
0: but separate issues. Uh, two weeks ago, there was footage of Rangers fans on a bus going up to Dingwall singing yes. a song complete with actions about Celtic's yeah. new Japanese striker, Kyogo Furuhashi. Yeah. And those two men yeah. were also arrested, charged, and they've the supporters bus or supporters group has been banned from buying tickets. But once again, as we talked about on the show before, both clubs and sorry, both club supporters have problems, but the majority do seem to stem from the blue half of glasgow
1: yeah there 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 are slight differences between the clubs and right. it's like football in general when you look at it on a na- national level or a club level there's there's generally hate in every single one of them there's generally racism or a misbehavior in every yeah. single one of them and then there's a balance where some of them are the worst and some of them are like less the worst and being less the worst isn't an achievement uh, but being the worst is really bad. Um, so when you're looking at a club like Rangers and you're seeing the endless amounts of hate glorification that uh, that goes on with the club and its supporters, you've got to think that they need to be doing more. And it can't all be just coming from the police. The club needs to do its stuff themselves, aside from releasing occasional statements or banning uh, some groups. Um, which I like, I get, banning groups, great step. And I hope they continue doing it banning individuals great step hope they continue doing it but uh, I I genuinely think that football clubs should start just not playing when their fans are racist and not playing when their fans are doing these things Uh Um, uh, and it's a big move and I I hope more clubs do it because where it it has been done it kind of works a little bit Um, but yeah we shouldn't like forgive any hate from other clubs just because Rangers do it the worst Um, it's all pretty disgusting and it it really is like a, a criminal thing, and it should be, to perpetuate this level of hate. And there's a lot of people that talk about, well, freedom of speech and blah 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 blah, blah. But no, like when you're when you're just outright calling hatred upon people, dehumanizing them, oftentimes calling for their deaths and such things, yep. you're doing a little bit more than exercising freedom of speech.
0: Yeah, there's there's a difference between saying. You know, our, our supporters are better than yours and our team has got better players than yours Yeah. versus telling people to go home. Yes. OK, we'll leave that there. Let's uh, go stateside. Let's talk about Hurricane Ida, which has been oh, yeah. uh, pummeling the south of the country, particularly Louisiana and the city of New Orleans. So at the moment the last i read there were large parts of the city which were without power and without running water and there was a, a, basically an indefinite date given for when one or both of these things would be restored yeah uh, people were told to evacuate uh, a curfew was introduced because of uh, various stores being looted and and people causing chaos but uh, yeah, this this again seems to be, um, it's difficult to say, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's on the same scale as Katrina, but it's the no,
1: similar vibes. It's pretty bad. It looked like it was going to be worse for a little bit. I think the hurricane kind of slowed down upon hitting land, which is generally a really bad sign for, you know, land. Um, And it generally is a really bad thing. A bunch of people are going to be displaced. Generally, poor people are going to struggle the most, as usual. Poor people are going to always struggle the most in our societies and are going to get the slowest and least help. Um, It's another incident of not enough investment to prepare for these things from state level or national level, whatever you want to call it. Um, A lot of the damage can be avoided with more investment. It's just that investment doesn't make money so it doesn't happen, um, and a lot of the losses can be protected. Um, but instead, it's all just pushed down to the individual to get hurricane insurance or to make sure you've got a backup plan for whenever these things happen. It's like, oh, well, no, you should be doing more to protect your citizens than you are. Um, hurricanes are bad and very scary and really hard to manage, but they can be done better than this. Um, and it's going to keep happening. This is the um, the story of the future where... Extreme weather is going to be more and more common, more and more hurricanes are going to happen, and we're going to have hurricanes in the south all, well, I'm saying we, they are going to have hurricanes in the south all summer and freezes in the south all winter uh, in the future. So again, much like I asked Nicola, all of you world leaders who are listening, uh, oh, sorry, not all world leaders, all of you states leaders who are listening, please start investing money even if you're not going to get it back. You're going to technically get it back via taxes in the long run. Just do the maths.
0: Yeah. So, so far, 45 people have died. And it's also, uh, it's th- there have been some tornadoes as well in the, the northeast of the country. Wow. Uh, we saw uh, unprecedented levels of rainfall in New York and New Jersey. We had residents being trapped in flooded basements and oh, cars. Huge flooding, yeah. Uh, 23 people had died in New Jersey, uh, many of whom were stuck in their vehicles as the waters uh, rose. 14 in New York, five in Pennsylvania, and deaths also reported in Maryland and Virginia. So these, again, wow, it's it's simply just going to happen more and more, and that's the reality of life now.
1: Yeah, and it's always going to be uh, the poor and the individual who takes the Takes the final hit. Oh, he, yeah, you don't. You don't see the wealth struggle with this. They just make more money as everybody has to reinvest it in it, it, getting their life back together and paying for all the things they need. It, it ain't the wealthy dying here. Uh, and I'm not saying that only the wealthy should die. I'm saying they should have like equal death by bringing us up to their level. By the way, yeah, precisely. Which, speaking of equality and wealth, let's. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna do a wee detour. Okay, Tories are gonna be. Raising taxes.
0: So they're raising national insurance by one percent, I
1: believe. Yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, they're raising the one that affects the poor people the most, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they got us with that one. So I, uh, yeah, I saw this in a headline. I, I think it's because it is.
0: It, it's a rumor for the time being which downing street have said no no yeah, no we yeah. can't comment on that
1: <laughs> but uh,
0: yeah that, that to me seems like an inevitability
1: yeah yeah of course they're raising the only tax that like <laughs> has the least of an effect on the wealthy and it's, it's the one we all have to pay yeah. regardless yep Good times. Well, talking off
0: Tory, someone who was having a good time in an Aberdeen nightclub this past week was Michael Gove. Yep. There was footage which uh, went viral on social media. <laughs> Bizarre shots of the Tory MP raving at uh, Bohemia.
1: He was having a time and a half. Man, his his dance moves were... Yeah, so he r-
0: reportedly turned up uh, to the club on his lonesome. And uh, I've read a couple of different people saying yep. he, he, he attempted to avoid paying the five pound entry fee by saying, just "Stormed the stairs." I am the Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster, which, <laughs> which
1: is the least real title in the in the <laughs> comments.
0: But also, I think if I'm reading that in print, you know, he maybe he was just like, "Ha ha ha! I don't have to pay. I'm the I'm the Chancellor. Ha ha ha, ha. Yeah, you know, just because he's joke, a Tory but...
1: doesn't mean he doesn't. He, he can't make a joke. Yeah, he, I'm sure yeah. he did. I mean, he is a he is a joke, so he, he must be able to make them. Uh, he was yeah, he was throwing some impressive little fish big fish cardboard box it was working for me <laughs> the dance is better than i do i'll be honest um, but no it's just i, I genuinely i'm of the opinion that gove is going through a crisis so try not to laugh too hard at this right right so the, so, so the good kind of humor rather than the targeted kind of humor so my question was do you feel the coverage was fair yeah, yeah, maybe in general it was pretty, it was pretty alright. I don't think anybody was like ridiculing the dude or like, I, I didn't see any headlines being like, well, is, is Gove losing the plot? I, it was just mostly like Gove made a bit of an embarrassment of himself again. And like, he did.
0: Yeah, so, so so to me, it was the fact that the stories were written in the first place. And I know that people, particularly uh, print media outlets online, yeah, need yeah, people yeah. to click their stuff yeah. because that's how they get paid. But at the same time, if someone reported a story, let's say I'm a high-profile Dominic Cummings in 20 years' time, and then suddenly it's uh, Colin Stone dances by himself in an Aberdeen nightclub after attempting to skip the, the, the <laughs> entry fee. I'm sorry,
1: that, I'm sorry, that is newsworthy, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know, I just because I got, I came to the same conclusion as you, which is, okay, clearly this man is going through something. Like, is he not like going through a divorce right now? And he just wanted to dance, rather than people being like, hey, let's film Michael Gove, who's clearly had too much to drink and is just being a
1: lunatic. Well, yeah, but you also know you're going to get filmed. He knew. There's no way he didn't know. Like, you're not incognito when you're at that level of... Uh, of- public knowledge, so, like... And also, I'm pretty sure he was wearing a suit. He was. He was pretty well-dressed, Um, very drunk, but I don't know. It does feel, like you said, it feels more of a social media trending story. It feels more of a Reddit Reddit story than it does, like, a legitimate newsprint story. Okay. Um, but I don't know where it was all printed. I only saw it from, like, trashy, trashy online sites as well, so... I can't speak to it, but if the Sun printed it, they, uh, they usually they usually are picking on anybody they can to to sell.
0: One final story before we finish up with some uh, entertainment reviews of what we've been watching: Ireland has hit a, a population tally of yep. over five million yeah. for the first time since I want to say the 19th century. It's certainly recovered. Yes, yeah, uh... from a, a, from a, a low of something like. Two point
1: one million, or maybe it was two and a half million. Now it's over five million, which is good. Yeah, way back, way back when it was this. It's, it's uh, the, they they used to have a population of five yeah. point something million before and then famines happened and then uh, generally people moved to the Americas and stuff so the population got really low and let me remind you that the UK played a big part in how strong that famine was and we should really be paying them back uh, endlessly uh, trying to make up for that damage that we caused Um, and they finally reached a population high again and it's, it's It's another uh, madness to me that these kinds of things happen in the first place and that so many lives are lost that it affects a nation for this long. And when you think about the numbers, it kind of like really puts things into context, like how big of an effect not just the famine, but also encouraged migrations have on local populations and how much of a struggle it can cause. But good on them. Population rising; they've got uh, amongst the highest of the GDPs as well. So you know, by all capitalist measures, they're doing pretty well. I just hope that it's actually, you know, a good place for the for the lowest as well. Like I hope they're bringing up their poor and they're bringing up those who have not inherited wealth and all those things. I hope that they can continue on in a good path rather than just becoming another country with massive amounts of inequality. Which they kind of are already, I guess.
0: Alright, James, let's finish up by talking about what we have been watching this week. Oh, wow. I have two movies. What do you have?
1: I finished nothing. Oh, great. (laughs) Fantastic. But I can tell you that I've I've been watching What If? Really? The Marvel show. What do you think? The animation's about as good as I thought. Um, and the stories are better than I thought they would be. Interesting. It's one
0: show that I thought, yeah, probably I, not. Probably not for I, me.
1: I, I'd give it a go. The episodes are short. It's not going to have too many episodes either. Um, The animation isn't so bad that it draws you out of it. It's just if you're used to more energetic animation, some of the more static scenes might be... Jarring. Underwhelming. Okay. But it does action. It does, it's got some really good action. Their action animation, really good. Their close-ups of faces... Off-putting. Uh, but no, we'll, we'll do a full review once it's done. Um, Sounds good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my little, I'm going to get out my crystal balls and I'm going to say that even though it feels like every episode is its own story, like it should be in a what-if universe, yep. I do feel like there is going to be, uh, let's grab a random selection of these heroes and put them into the final episode, uh, or the final two episodes. And I don't want that, but I, no. I I see it happening already. It should be a collection of, of stories, it's like an anthology. Yeah, it should be. But I, I do see that there is going to be this, uh, all these threads come together at the end. And I don't want that. Not, not at all.
0: Uh, well, I will have, just, just to whet your appetite, to whet Ooh. your appetite for the next few Ooh. months, I uh, took advantage of a Now TV offer <gasps> to pay two ninety nine for their movies wow. uh, for the next three months. And I was like, you know what? Can't believe it. I'll take that. Because then I feel less bad about having to create and to cancel new accounts every so often, new <laughs> email address every other every month. Yeah,
1: no, no, now TV—they've got a good selection of films.
0: Precisely. I'm, i like Colin Stone, seventeen at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and so, so yes, I was meant to see. I was meant to be watching. I planned to see Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Uh, but ran out of time. Oh, is that on there now? It's on there. So I would really like to see that. And okay. also Justice League is on there. You let
1: me know when you watch it. I'll do the same because I haven't watched Excellent. that one Excellent. Okay, yet. well. And I have watched Justice League, so I can say, give it a go. Will do. Because it was more than I expected it to be, as you already know. So I, uh, myself and Graham, watched Star Wars 5 and Star Wars 6
0: ah. in the past couple of weeks. So this is The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, yes. I want to say. Yes. Now these are the the second and third of the original trilogy, so set in the or filmed in the nineteen eighties rather than set in <laughs> the nineteen eighties. I did really enjoy them, but right, I think because I've heard so much about right. the Star Wars movies and about how these movies were essentially the iconic flag bearers for sci-fi, science, space yeah. operas. Yeah, I think I expected more. I'm not sure if that's the fair comment or that's the right way to word it, no, that, but
1: no, that's that'll be that'll be pretty normal. Yeah, that's what
0: happens. The, the first thing I would say is I preferred the fifth one to the sixth one. So that's Empire Strikes Back. I thought was was excellent. Absolutely, that's completely normal. That is the most common belief. Okay, the the, the sixth one I felt fell into more familiar tropes. Yes, and kind of went the way I expected it would go. Yeah which is not partic- it's not particularly a bad thing yeah but it, and, and what it did it did very well right so and i can see i can see absolutely in these movies why it did inspire so many video games spin-offs fanboy loving like there's so much in here that you think okay yeah this is rich material there's so much more you could do with yeah, it yeah even like background characters are unique enough that they draw the eye i can see for example why boba fett
1: Despite the fact he has maybe three lines. Yes, is exactly. Yeah.
0: This much lauded character.
1: Because Yeah, I'm he looks assuming cool. you can see why Lucas is acclaimed for his world building and character building more than his dialogue though.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I did I yeah, I did enjoy the fifth one, and I can see why it is such a landmark movie. Mm-hmm. however yeah i think just because my expectations were so high yeah it yeah. was always going to fall short however i did also have to remind myself that this movie particularly the fifth one is almost 40 years old so yeah put that into context it, it aged pretty well it aged really well yeah put that into context you realize this is a, a fantastic achievement an enjoyable film and now i have seen the original star wars trilogy it only took 29
1: years well done well done did you spot all of the little um, sound effects and sound design choices they made that impacted films ever since? Uh, no. Give me an example. Well, that's, that's for your next watch. Just listen to all the different noises and sound design things that they did that was revolutionary at the time. Where really? Really? Uh, yeah, if you want, you can listen to. A, there's a podcast called Twenty Thousand Hertz. I think it's that one that has a good episode on Star Wars sound design. Do you know do uh, one thing? I've uh,
0: one thing I learned recently is about the Wilhelm scream, which oh no, is, I hate that thing. Uh, so do I. It is the sound of someone falling off something. Yeah, yeah. Tradition it is. is that it is used in every action movie, basically once per film. Yeah. Once per movie, and you, you, it, it to me, it now stands
1: out too much. It's like a sore thumb. Yeah, you hear it and you think, "Oh, there's the Wilhelm scream." I think they put it in louder these days than they used to. It used to just be this it's a bit, a bit more subtle. I I remember the scenes from the Star Wars films, and I don't remember it being super loud and annoying, even though it was annoying, and I still hated it. But but you always hear it. Yeah, I hate I hate it in more recent films where it's just. They put it front and center, and it's like, no, it's supposed to be like an Easter egg. Please stop annoying me with the worst scream in the world. Like, um, uh, and this is, so just just for people who are listening to this and saying, "What on earth are you talking about?" Go on YouTube, search Wilhelm Scream.
0: You will never be able to unhear this in every single action movie for the rest of your life.
1: You'll have noticed it. You'll have noticed it already. I knew I, I knew the scream before I knew the name. Correct. I likewise uh, because it was so it was so prominent. And the tradition is, I think it's because it's maybe the first one ever recorded. So it's in the first batch of of sound recordings, I believe. Yeah,
0: right. It has some sort of historical significance, and the tradition is. That you use the same scream in your movie when someone falls
1: off something. And it's named after a character from the film or whatever, the dude that fell off a horse or something. And and for me it just takes me out of the movie a little bit because I'm like, oh, come on. I remember it was one of the things that one of the big standout moments of hatred in like the Hobbit films was they were giving you this epic backstory moment of Thorin and the dwarves losing a battle and his dad dying or something or i think his his dad or his granddad or whatever and it's like right he dies with the wilhelm scream and it's supposed to be this dramatic character backstory moment and the dude's forebearer dies and the wilhelm scream it and it's like um okay haha i guess (laughs) thanks sound guys yep although that'll be that'll be that'll be jackson himself uh who Whose pinnacle of filming was, of course, the first Lord of the Rings film. Oh, absolutely! Which uh, we are planning to yeah. watch
0: once we have finished our Star Wars uh, saga. Oh,
1: interesting! Can I give you some homework then?
0: Oh, really? Well, well, I mean, first of all, the sorry, the homework at the moment is to watch Star Wars seven eighty nine, which I am yeah, 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 weirdly yeah. looking forward to because I haven't seen them
1: since I saw them in the cinema. Right? Yeah, that'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd like. To, I'm looking forward to hearing about those. But my homework for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Is to keep an eye out, comparing between the films the use of CGI. Interesting. Yes,
0: I would say the the first one is almost non-existent, and the th- well, no, the first one has very little. And the third one is almost entirely. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good homework. Right. One final story before we wrap up because time is disappearing. As always, uh, we have had some further delays to big Hollywood movies, which uh, have been meaning to come out for quite some time. (laughs) But we're just going to have to wait (laughs) a
1: little bit longer. I've been sitting on a Twitter post about Top Gun for years (laughs) now. (laughs) Better be good. (laughs) Okay, so this is. No, I'm not ever going to post it, I'll tell you
0: about it. Okay, right. So this is the the Tom Cruise movies Top Gun Maverick, the sequel, and Mission Impossible 7, which have both been delayed due to the surge in uh, US COVID cases caused by the Delta variant. Movie studios say that they are concerned that this uh, highly contagious uh, variant is going to continue to deter moviegoers from going to the cinema. Yeah. Uh, So this means that Top Gun has been pushed back once again. ...to May next year. Yes. And uh, Mission Impossible 7 has
1: been moved to next September. It's a full year away now. Yeah, I'm supposing that for Top Gun in particular... ...they're assuming that the largest part of their audience... ...is uh, the unvaccinated who are most affected (laughs) by uh, COVID. (laughs) Yes. So may not be able to leave the hospitals. Indeed, yes. So despite
0: the fact that Top Gun came out in 1986 which will make it uh, 36 years between movies. Uh, Tom Cruise was actually 24 when he when he uh, filmed the first one. That is now going to come out next year. We also have delays to uh, Jackass Forever, which I am sorely disappointed by, if you can tell. And, uh, I, I mean, it's too early to yeah, say... that film might be fine uh, Maybe. It's also too early to say if the No Time to Die... The new James Bond film is going to be delayed because that was the one which essentially kicked off all the other dominoes falling. Yeah. It's meant to be coming out next month. I don't
1: know. I'm unconvinced. You know what? The more films that get delayed, the better. Why? You want to know why? Because if every film is delayed a year and June comes out, (laughs) it's going to be the only thing in cinemas for like a year. (laughs) Okay. And people will have to see They'll it. Will have to go and watch it. Did you see it? Sorry, I, this is again slightly
0: spoilery. No, it's not. Actually, it's not. Did you see any of the reviews of Dune so far? Because it debuted at the Venice Film Festival yeah. two nights ago.
1: Yeah, and uh, Villeneuve is begging everyone to see it in the cinemas. Begging. <laughs> I didn't see reviews though. What's the What's the What's the chat?
0: I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to set people's expectations up. Let's just say <laughs> there have been different opinions oh no on it oh, no. on it oh dear uh, i think it really depends and this is i know i'm speculating on a movie i've never yet to see in a book i don't <laughs> know or haven't read but it does seem to be the fact that this movie is like it, so much of it is going to have to be based on world building because people are going into this being like dune yeah what is this movie explain it to me and they have this. Why are we in a desert? They have this beautiful ensemble cast, but just because you've got lots of uh, a or movie stars, does not make a good movie. Yeah. So we'll find out.
1: Man, I, I'm, I'm going to see it. I know the story, so I'm not going to be put off by the need to 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 understand it. So that's good. I'm. Um, I'll enjoy it. Nice. Okay. Well, you and I will go. We will watch it together. That sounds pretty good to me. Would you like to know what I, what my tweet about Top Gun Maverick is? <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, I'm going to send you the logo. In Discord here. They send me the logo. I want everybody who's listening to Google Top Gun Maverick logo and look at the file. It's Top Gun. It's got some wings. It's got the word Maverick. And then I want to look at this. I want you, I want you, I want you to look at the yep. spacing between the M and the line beside it. And then the K and the line beside it.
0: Okay. There's quite a difference there. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> right.
1: Why have they done that? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. Why would you space your Maverick like this? Is it to be Maverick? Is it because he doesn't fit between the lines very well? It's,
0: it's because... Well, maybe that is. Maybe that is the level of Easter egg that you're looking for. <laughs> right, what? okay. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Seesaw Parade, thank you very much for listening. You can get in touch with anything you've uh, you'd want to add to our conversation. You can join the conversation at CISO Parade. and you can also email us CISO Parade, at gmail.com. I think I've said the word ceaseau parade too many times this episode. Goodbye, James. I uh, hope the double vaccination
1: oh, doesn't do you dirty. Minimal side effects, please. Okay. Well please, I've got I've got things to do. We'll speak to you next week and we'll find out. Okay. Bye friend there.
0: Bye.